0: Welcome back to episode number three of the Rally Possum Podcast. Your host, Mike, joined by Andy. Andy, how did you survive the snowmageddon this past weekend?
1: Mike, I survived. I was trapped in my apartment all weekend long, uh, sitting back watching movies and playoff games. But I heard you, you had a game plan. You got away before the storm even hit.
0: I did. I uh, flew down to Tampa for the weekend. I had those plans, to be fair, pr- already in place prior to uh, the uh, great snowfall of 2019. But, um, yeah, flew down to Tampa, had a good time. Um, have a uh, kind of a, a random story for you. So, you know, we're sitting at the re- the resort. You know, the w- weather in Tampa was 60s. I know it's so torturous for all the people in Cleveland, 60s, 70s. Um, so hanging, hanging out in the hot tub on, uh, MLK day. So, <laughs> you know, been in the hot tub 15, 20 minutes sitting there. And my, my legs are starting to itch. And I'm like, what, what the heck? So I decided, all right, I'm gonna get out of the hot tub. I sit on the side and I was like looking at my legs. I was like, wow, you know, I really got a lot of scars on my legs, that sort of thing. And I'm like looking at him and I think like, wait, where'd all the hair go? Andy, I uh, had all the hair on my legs chemically burned off because the hot tub was uh, three times the legal limit of chlorine.
1: Oh, and, my God. Uh,
0: so uh, I have a nice solid rash on the legs. And uh, really from uh, belly button down, I lost about 75% of the uh, the old body hair. So <laughs> I am uh, – <laughs> going man. The, going straight, chick or straight, you know, swimmer body, you know, like uh, man, Mike. it's uh, it's fascinating.
1: I've never heard of that happening before. That's yeah. crazy.
0: So my my buddy that I was with, he's much hairier legs than me. But when he got out, he was only in up to his knees at the time. When he got out, it literally looked like he was wearing hair shorts.
1: Oh my God. Wow. Well, you got those nice smooth legs now, Mike. Time to break out the short shorts.
0: I know. I know. I, I told the, the manager at the resort that I uh, will need the hair to grow back quickly because of the snowmageddon that we had up here. So <sighs> got to stay
1: warm up I here, need, here somehow. I need, my,
0: I need my extra layer of fur.
1: Wow. I've never heard of anything like that. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's uh, pretty ridiculous. So that's my story from the, uh, the great snowmageddon of 2019.
1: Well, mine's a little different, Mike. I uh I loaded up on some snacks and I did what I do best. I laid down on the couch, ate a lot, and uh watched some good football games really this past weekend. I don't know, did you get a chance to watch any of the NFC and AFC championship games?
0: Yeah, yeah, we went to a bar, bar down there and uh and watched the games. It was, it was it was actually really funny because before we left to go to the bar, they were like my wife and the the other and buddy's girlfriend We're like, um, how long do you think these are going to take? I was like, well, it has possible, you know, to be five quarters each. So it could be 10 quarters of football that we see. Well,
1: both games go to overtime.
0: Both games go to overtime. So I can say say that I I should have made a bet on it, but I didn't. But I predicted both games would be close and both games would go to overtime. And uh, and they did. I was personally pulling for the Saints, but uh, that did not happen. That was uh, quite an unbelievable pass interference penalty. I mean, the NFL came out and acknowledged it later. I mean, I know that there were some Saints players tweeting and posting pictures of the rule uh, in the NFL rule book where the commissioner can actually go back and force them to replay the game because of a significant uh, official error. I mean, what a disaster. I mean, that was that dude had no business r- slamming into the wide receiver like that. That was not a football play at all.
1: I've never seen anything like that, especially on a a, a stage like that, the NFC Championship game. I mean, forget regular season. I mean, the Browns have got screwed so many times by the referees, but it's meaningless games. In the NFC Championship game, I mean, how can you get that wrong? The referee was standing right there. And I know there's all this talk now about are you going to be able to go back and review PIs or should every play be reviewable? Mike, what are your thoughts on that? I want to kind of get your take.
0: I I mean, I think at some point they should be able to review asinine things like that and overturn them. But in my opinion, you're also going to slow the game way down. I mean, if you have to continually just have a crew that's overseeing the the refs on the field, I mean – what happens if Baker Mayfield throws a long touchdown pass, but then, oh, they, they, then they call J.C. Tretter for holding and, and when the refs didn't call a flag, and then they, after the, in the official review, they, then they call a flag and nullify the touchdown. I mean, how far does it freaking go?
1: I, I think that there has to be something done, but to review, to make every single play reviewable, it, it's never going to work out. I mean, the game is going to last for five or six hours if you do it that way it's going to be just as slow as a baseball game. Um, why not though, Mike, you, you, they have former referees in the booth now on all the broadcasts. They're always commenting. They always bring them in when they're reviewing plays. Why can't there be a rule where, where the, uh, the booth can have a challenge? And if they see something that is so obviously wrong like that, where, right. I mean, you, you have to get that right. That, the Saints would have been inside the 10-yard line. Right. And, they and they most likely you go into the Super Bowl. Right. So in a situation like that, you need to get it right. Let let the referee in the booth challenge it. Let him call a challenge down if he sees something. I don't think they should be able to review every play, but you have to get that call right. There's no excuse for that, and it's a it's a bad look for the NFL.
0: Oh, I completely agree with you. I mean, look, if they can do something like that where it's it's fair and it does not disrupt the game totally – and they can prevent crazy, ridiculous things like that from happening, I'm all for it, because the Saints obviously deserve it. I mean, yes, they kicked the field goal, went to OT, but anyway, they still lost the game. They had a chance to win the game on multiple occasions, and they lost the game. So you have to give credit where credit's due with the Rams for actually winning the game. However, the referee played a major role in the potential outcome of the game.
1: Major role. No denying that. Absolutely no denying that. And I agree. I mean, the Saints towards the end there before uh, they ended up, you know, just kicking the field goal. They didn't really have a good string of plays there. They weren't running the ball. They were kind of calling some questionable plays. But no doubt about it, the referee, I mean, the, the game was decided there by the referee. And just think, man, I mean, could you imagine if the Browns were in that situation where they, they finally get into the playoffs after 20 years of just sucking? Could you imagine if something like that happened at Cleveland Brown Stadium? I mean, the referees, might, they might have to be escorted out of the stadium. It would have been Bottlegate 2.0. I
0: was just going to say, you remember Bottlegate would very well be the same thing.
1: So that game ended in controversy the Patriots-Chiefs game, another really good game. Not as much controversy, but I know there's some people that are calling for a change in overtime rules. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs oh, yeah. never never had a chance to get the ball back.
0: Well, and, and Brady drives down the field like the goat that he is, engineers a drive. I mean, some of those third and ten plays to Edelman, I mean, it, it, the guy's just unbelievable. The one throw to Gronk that he made down the sideline to get him within the five-yard line. I mean, look, Tom Brady is, what, 41 years old? Yes. And he is just amazing. Amazing.
1: He's made for those situations, and you've seen him do that time and time again. It's, it's unbelievable.
0: I mean, Andy, they've, but, they've gone to eight straight AFC championship games. That is absolutely mind-blowing. And if they win another championship, I mean, how much more winning is the city of Boston
1: need? It needs to stop. I mean, it needs to stop the Bruins,
0: the Celtics, the Red Sox, the Patriots. I mean, my God, in Cleveland, we're glad just to have one championship. I mean, granted, it was a, uh, a long drought, but.
1: <laughs> well, Mike, the World Series was Boston, L.A. The Super Bowl is going to be Boston, L.A. Will the NBA finals be Boston, L.A.? I mean, hmm. how much more Boston, uh, well, L.A.? No, no,
0: absolutely freaking not. It will not L.A. You think the Lakers are going to make the finals? That team is a disaster. I mean, their, their offense is not much better than the Cavs' offense. Granted, they play more defense than the Cavs, and we'll get into that later because the Cavs have an absolute, historically freaking terrible defense. But I, I predicted this when LeBron went to L.A. I said that team has no three-point shooters. And LeBron needs to be surrounded by three-point shooters, as we all know, to be successful. I mean, granted, it's still LeBron. He's still having a good year, but he's banged up, and he's been out for two weeks. That team is a six-seed top, tops. Yeah,
1: it was, meant, it was meant to be more of a joke. I didn't think I'd get you so fired up about it. Uh, I'm just basically saying I'm sick of Boston, L.A. I can't stand those two cities sports-wise, so time for something different.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I hope so, and uh, who do you got in the Super Bowl then? Patriots. Yeah, I, I do too.
1: I can't see them losing.
0: Well, I don't think uh, the Rams have quite seen anything like uh, what Bill Belichick has in store for them in the Super Bowl. I mean, Brady and Belichick have been there so many times, it, uh, it doesn't matter. But, you know, you know, I did see something interesting today. So did you know that Julian Edelman, obviously he was a quarterback at Kent State, if you remember. Yeah. Did you know that Sean McVay was a wide receiver at Miami of Ohio?
1: No, I did not know that.
0: I didn't know that until today. So they actually played against each other when uh, Edelman was there. How crazy is that?
1: Yeah, McVay. I mean, McVay may be the new Belichick too. So,
0: yeah, I could, class yeah. of the
1: old and the new here.
0: Yeah, between I mean the Patriots you, and Rams. You, you look at it, you know, across the board. I mean, really, in the in the conference final, you have Sean Payton, coach of the Saints; Andy Reid, coach of the Chiefs; Belichick, Patriots; McVay, Rams. Any those are the top four coaches in the NFL. I can't think of any other coach I have besides. Those four. I mean, maybe good old Freddie Kitchens at one point. But
1: now it also helps to have some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL in those final four teams. I mean, you're talking about Breeze, Brady, Mahomes. I wouldn't put golf in that category yet, but, no, but
0: the Rams are talented. Everywhere the Rams else. are very
1: good. Yeah.
0: I mean, Aaron, Aaron Donald is uh, probably one of the top three players in the NFL right now. I mean, he's unstoppable.
1: Yeah. I and mean, they're, they're, they loaded up with defense. They're taking advantage of golf's rookie contract. So I hope the Browns can do something similar and hopefully they can position themselves to, to make a run at it within the next two to three years.
0: Well, their window is definitely open. And I think now is obviously the time where you have to do that. And, you know, I think Dorsey is going to be aggressive this off season. This is their window. You got Baker on a rookie deal. You got Miles Garrett on a rookie deal. You got Denzel Ward on a rookie deal. So this is the time, you know. I, I want the Browns to be aggressive in free agency. I mean, we've talked about, you know, adding a player like Fred Clark, Frank Clark of the uh, Seattle Seahawks, at 13 sacks this year from Glenn, guy from the Cleveland area. You know, that's that's the type of player I want. I'd, I'd love to see Grady Jarrett, uh, yeah, Grady, Grady Jarrett, Jarrett.
1: Mm-hmm. added
0: to the the defensive line. I mean, he's one of the top uh, couple free agents that are available right now as well. So, I mean, I think if the Browns can find a way to bolster that defensive line in free agency then they have the benefit of sitting back in the draft and I think they have that benefit now to some degree of just simply taking the best player available
1: yeah and we'll we'll get more into that I mean free agency I think starts in March yeah. so we'll have to we'll have to do a free agency yeah, well, a lot, uh, a lot podcast to, get and more detailed and then but currently the Browns really not much going on Browns Browns wise, I mean I I heard today the that they're, going on. they're talking about extending Rashad Higgins, Rashad Perriman, and Greg Robinson, which I think those are all, you know, good depth players that you should keep. And then like you said, Freddie, John Dorsey, the rest of the crew was down in Mobile, Alabama this past weekend for the senior bowl. So yeah.
0: um Is is Higg- is Rashad Higgins contract up or is he
1: I'm not sure if it's up or if they just want to extend him. They just want to extend but, him.
0: Okay. I didn't think there was many players the Browns had up on contract.
1: Not too many. No, I mean, they, they don't have a lot of players signed long-term right now. That'll be coming, though, in the near future. But as far as the Senior Bowl goes, Baker Mayfield, Mike, was at the Senior Bowl last year. Wow. Which is crazy to think. That was really our first look at Baker, scouting-wise. But there's some good players. I, I read an article off from clevelandbrowns.com which listed five players that really stood out in the senior bowl that might be good fits with the cleveland browns
0: real quick before you get into that though andy i don't know if you heard what dorsey had to say today at the senior bowl he actually said that he knew in october of 2017 that baker was the best player in the draft and that was when he was running a one-man scouting shop out of his house before he was hired as the general manager of the Browns, not even knowing that he would have the number one
1: pick. Yeah, I believe it. I remember hearing that he was in love with Baker, and he had went and scouted him and watched several Oklahoma games, even though he wasn't employed. So no secret that he loved Baker, but he did an a amazing job at keeping it a secret who he was taking because nobody knew up until a few well, hours before the draft.
0: No. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, obviously he hit a home run all of Cleveland loves Baker Mayfield and they're thrilled that he is finally our quarterback. And Andy, I'm so relieved to talk about draft conversations where it doesn't center around who the next freaking quarterback of the Browns is going to be.
1: It's about time. It's oh been going on for 20 years. So let's get into this list here. There's some, some interesting prospects. You're some are first me. round talent. Some are later on in the draft. So some of these guys are, are, play for small schools. Some of them I've never really heard of. The first guy is Andy Isabella. He's a wide receiver for UMass. Have you ever heard of that guy?
0: Andy, I've never heard of him.
1: So he's a local guy. Oh, really? I believe he's actually from, from Massillon, Ohio.
0: He's from Mayfield, or from Mayfield,
1: Ohio. Mayfield, Ohio. Hmm. So you have, you have hmm. heard of him.
0: Little, little connection. Well, I just looked him up.
1: <laughs> Baker Mayfield from Mayfield, Ohio.
0: His number one receiver from mayfield I mean might be meant to be
1: so he's not a big guy some some sites list him as five eight I've seen other sites list him as five ten I guess we'll find out, but he, is
0: he is he is he a first round talent
1: he's not a first round talent okay no right now he's projected to be anywhere between the second or fourth round, so okay. his skill set is definitely in his he he has game breaking speed, he claims that he ran. A four two eight. I mean, we'll find out during the combine. But yeah. he claims he's that fast. He was a track star when he was in high school. Okay. He's very good with change of direction. He's explosive. He's Listen, not no, very not, big though.
0: I'll take someone like that as a punt returner. That's fine. And then yeah, you know,
1: if but... if he can be anything like what what like a Tyreek Hill is for the Chiefs, where you can have game breaking speed, a quick guy out, you know, good 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 with one on ones because he's good getting downfield, plays on special teams. I would take that, especially if you can get a guy later on in the draft, second to fourth round.
0: Right. Well, and don't forget, Tyreek Hill was a fifth-round pick.
1: That's right. He was picked later in the draft, but I think he also had some some troubles, didn't he, with a, with a woman? Some domestic violence, trouble.
0: Yeah, I know there was a few reasons why he fell in the draft, but obviously he's panned down into a hell of a receiver, and... You know, I also hope that the Browns had a home run with Antonio Callaway, too, because a lot of people likened that situation with Tyreek Hill to Antonio Callaway because he did have first-round talent.
1: Exactly. But Andy Isabella, he had 30 total touchdowns in three years at UMass, over 3,000 yards receiving. And pro football focus rated him as he had the highest grade amongst wide receivers. He had a 92.1. He was third in total targets in 2018 first in receiving yards, and first overall grade. So Talon's there. He played for a small school, obviously, and he's a smaller guy. But a guy to keep an eye on for sure.
0: Looks like I'm seeing he's training with Randy Moss uh, for for the NFL this upcoming season, for the draft process. That's interesting.
1: Not a bad guy to train with.
0: No, not at all. I mean – Look, I'll be honest, Andy. I mean, Andy Isabella, cool. That's, that's a good name, but doesn't really do anything for me right now. I mean, what, what else you got?
1: Well, second, fourth round, I mean, I'll take him. We need another receiver, we need a speedy receiver.
0: I mean, I, okay, maybe. In my opinion, I think the Browns need that guy that's six foot four who can spread the field. Like, I want DK Metcalf. If I'm going to take a receiver in the draft, that's who I would prefer.
1: Yeah. I'm just giving you the list.
0: That's fine. Who you got? So who's
1: next? Next on the list is Montez Sweat. So he's an edge, edge rusher from Mississippi state. He's six foot six, 250 pounds. He fits the four, three scheme that the Browns are going to play. Okay. So he really stood out in the senior bowl. He was matched up against one of the top left tackles, Andre Dillard who also made the list, but I have no interest in the Browns taking a left tackle in the first round, but Montez Sweat. Would you bring he... Greg
0: Robinson back?
1: Yeah, I would definitely bring Greg Robinson back.
0: It was reported Dorsey is in talks with his agents to, uh, to bring him back as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Him, him, uh, Perriman and Higgins are all in a uh, contract I think, extension. I think, talks. Can,
0: I think he can get those guys for pretty reasonable Amount of money.
1: Absolutely. I don't think they're going to cost anything crazy. I agree. But, but sweat was all sec back-to-back seasons. Mm-hmm. He had 21 and sacks, 29.5 tackles for loss in the past two years. And like I said, he really, he stood out in the, in the, uh, the senior bowl. So pro football focus rated him, uh, the second highest among edge defenders for pass rush, productivity. And he's considered a top, uh, a first round talent. He could go in the first round as high as the top 15. So that may be a name that you might see if the Browns go defensive end to, to try and pair opposite of miles Garrett.
0: Yeah. I mean, it really depends on obviously what goes on in the draft because there could be a run on defensive line.
1: The draft is strong on defensive linemen this year for sure.
0: But obviously As we know, the more quarterbacks that go before the Browns pick at 17, the better, because it's rumored that Kyler Murray could be a first-round pick, and our our good old boy from Ohio State, Haskins, could be a first-round pick as well. And he's slated, I've seen both of them slated to the Giants at uh, six or seven.
1: There were some rumors that John Gruden may take a quarterback at four. He made some comments about about Kyler Murray and how he's. He said, "Oh, I've learned over the years that size really doesn't matter." So, it kind of led some people to wonder if he's going to be moving on from Derek Carr, taking a quarterback with what they have the fourth pick, I think, in the draft. So,
0: yeah, they're they're in uh, tank mode as well. So I could see that happening.
1: Absolutely, feel bad for the player that goes there. I mean, that team is just
0: well, they are decimated uh, they are, right now. Gruden's building that team up for Las Vegas to be good in like two years.
1: If I'm a team who wants to tank, I think I would look into hiring Sashi Brown. You got to give the guy credit for one thing. He knows how to tank. He knows how to, to acquire draft picks.
0: Well, why not hire Hugh Jackson?
1: Why not? He knows make how to tank. Be, make him the special assistant to the head coach.
0: I know. Make him the head coach, man. He'll he'll be uh, rolling with AJ McCarron as the QB in no time. Don't you worry. Well,
1: too late for that now because they've committed to Johnny Boy for another nine years. Ah, uh, okay,
0: that's true. In Oakland, at ten million a year, mind you. But.
1: Yes. So next player is a defensive tackle from Alabama. His name is Isaiah Bugs. Remember the Browns hired Alabama's defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe <laughs> a maybe a connection, connection. there. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But Isaiah Bugs is a big boy. He's six foot four. 292 pounds. So he's not going to go early in the draft. He's going to be more of like a second or third round pick, but his strengths are that. He's very good against the run, which the Browns were terrible against the run this past year. Absolutely. So he was the third highest rated defensive tackle or interior defenders this year against the run. So could be a guy to keep an eye on. He definitely has, we definitely have that Alabama connection. So we'll see how that goes. Last guy I want to talk about is a guy named Rock Yasing. No, Never heard of him in my life. That but is that is a name. name. He's a defensive he, back from Temple.
0: He is on the all name team of all time. That is that is fantastic.
1: He's going to be name,
0: Rock R O C K. R O C K Y A - S I
1: N. S I N. Rock Yasin. He's a corner. He's a corner. 62190 He had two interceptions in 2018, five interceptions in 2017. He had 44 tackles, two for loss this past year, and 12 pass breakups. But the big stat on him is that he's the only quarterback in the country who was targeted over 50 times, and he didn't let up a reception of at least 20 yards. Hmm. So, as we know, we, we could use another corner just for depth, you know, who knows what this guy will be. I've mean, He played for Temple. I've never heard of him. Doesn't mean he can't be good.
0: Here, what what uh, round is he projected to go in?
1: I couldn't, I couldn't even find anything on him. So I'm, I'm just assuming okay. later in the draft. Okay. I don't but, think he's going to be a high pick.
0: That's interesting because one of his strengths I'm seeing is being a press corner. And I heard that Wilkes is coming in and wanting to make the Browns defense very aggressive. And they will be playing a lot of press coverage, which, like we talked about before, one of the reasons they've drafted Denzel Ward. So uh, Sin's strength is press technique. So that is a very uh, could be a very interesting pairing, and obviously seeing where he grades out with the combine and uh, how the draft falls could be an interesting prospect.
1: And remember, Wilkes has a background in developing DBs, and he did a good job of it in Carolina. It's true. So we'll see. I I expect him to work really well with Denzel Ward. We'll see uh, all of these positions. You know, I mean, these, these are just names that were were players at the senior bowl. Um, We may never see these guys. Uh, These guys may not be on the Browns list at all, but I I fully expect the Browns to either via draft or free agency to get another receiver, another edge rusher and another interior defender as well as a cornerback. So
0: now, did you do you make anything of the uh, the dinner that Baker Mayfield had the other night with Von Miller and Odell Beckham?
1: You gotta tell me more about that. That was that was in L.A. I'm guessing, right? Yeah, I saw it. I yeah. think on his his girlfriend's Instagram page, she posted something about that. But that's all I know about the dinner.
0: I mean, I'm sure they're just boys or whatever and friends. But you know, it's obviously two guys that have been mentioned in trade rumors within the last year, and Elway didn't commit to Von Miller being back. Would you trade your first-round pick for Von Miller, thirty years
1: old? How old is Von Miller? 30? Thirty. Thirty, believe so. Yeah. What's his contract? I mean, yeah. I mean, how could you not? Von Miller's is phenomenal. Uh, what's his contract situation? He'll though be, I don't know he'll anything be 30
0: about. Thirty by the time the year starts. He's okay. Well, actually, thirty um, in March.
1: 30 do you March. know what? Do you know how long his contract is currently, or what it's set up like?
0: Uh, I'm not sure, but didn't he recently? Okay, so he signed a six-year $114 million contract in 2016. So okay. four years left on that deal, um, obviously making a, a good chunk of change per year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I Von Miller's one of the best defenders in the NFL. I mean, as long as it wouldn't interfere, as long as you had enough, enough cap eventually to extend Miles Garrett and Baker and Denzel Ward, I mean, how could you not be interested? I I I don't care about the 17th pick in the draft if you can get Von Miller.
0: I agree. I mean, I think it's probably going to cost you a little more than that, but yeah. uh, I mean, I would definitely pull the trigger. I mean, the guy's a perennial pro bowler. Um, you know, got great size, six foot three. My my only concern is that he's he's really more of an outside linebacker than he is a defensive
1: end. Yeah. I we would find a way to use him though. Oh, for the sure. guys phenomenal. I mean,
0: look, if you you put him in Instead of Jamie Collins, fine. I mean, Von Miller from the outside linebacker position, 14 and a half sacks, four forced fumbles on a pick this year. So, I mean, there's no doubt about it, that he's, you know, one of the top 10 players in the NFL.
1: And then Odell. Odell even was practicing with the Browns last season, before the right. season started. They went down to Miami and they posted all those Instagram videos of them, you know, hanging out. I mean, I know he has the connection with Jarvis. Yeah. I would love to have Odell on the team. I, I just I don't see it happening. Right now.
0: No, I don't see it happening. You know, the Giants are going to hang on to him unless, you know, Odell goes nuclear and decides to request a trade. I mean, yeah. that would be fantastic. I mean, he would obviously be very expensive. But, um, you know, he uh, he obviously has a good friendship with, with Baker Mayfield.
1: I think that's it would have to take him requesting a trade, I think, at this point. Because yeah. the, he's still only 25 years old. You know they're going to take a, a new quarterback in the first round, which they're going to want to have weapons for him. Right. And then right. – Pat Shermer really, may be, he may be coaching for his job this year. If they have another bad year, I don't think he's going to want to trade Odell.
0: No, probably not. Unless they can get a major return for him, which I don't see Dorsey giving up.
1: I'd give up two firsts for Odell Beckham.
0: Yeah, I would too.
1: I Especially, would too. And he's, he's in his prime. He's right. only 25 I mean, years old. So,
0: like, like we've said, now is the time to win. But here, here's another concern that I have is I don't think Dorsey wants to commit to spending, you know, 40-plus million on just wide receivers.
1: No. I mean, you already have I mean, Jarvis one, under a big contract. One and...
0: position group. I mean, that's why I think it's more likely that they draft somebody, you know, an a Keel Harry, a DK Metcalf.
1: I would love and Harry. Mold. I, I would I absolutely think, love in Keel Harry.
0: I think they need somebody who's bigger, fast. You know, like in the Josh Gordon mold, Yes, body, body type wise, you know, somebody who Baker can throw it up to him. And obviously Baker's going to put it where I, he's going to put it. I mean,
1: he, and, and attitude and lifestyle wise.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, Josh Gordon is a uh, total loser. But you know what the sad thing is, though, Andy, is that if the Patriots win, Josh Gordon is going to get a Super Bowl. Right. Yeah, that's
1: that's stupid.
0: He'll probably sell it for a crack rock. For, but, he probably will.
1: Uh, that's right. That's drug money.
0: Yeah. Sad, sad, sad situation but uh I digress. Anyway, you got anybody else?
1: Nobody else on the list. They they like I like I said they mentioned a, a left tackle named Andre Lillard. He's considered one of the top left tackles in the draft. He's going to be a first-round pick. I would not be happy if the Browns took a left tackle. I, not that I'm saying I don't think they could use one, mm-hmm. but in the first round, I think you have you just have bigger needs right now on on the defensive side of the ball.
0: Absolutely. Well, tweet at us at Rally Possum Pod with who you want the Browns to target in the draft, what positions you're looking at that you'd like, any free agents that are coming up that you want the Browns to take a look at or possibly sign. So tweet your suggestions at Rally Possum Pod. Um, And thanks to all of our followers. I know we've picked up a good amount of followers this week as well. Well, Andy, let's transition and talk a little bit of hoops, shall we?
1: Might as well, Mike. We haven't done it yet. Not going to be fun, but it's still a Cleveland sports team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I guess the Cavs currently was actually a stat came out what the line would be if the Cavs were to play Duke because people were saying, "Oh, Duke could beat the Cavs." Well, I hate that. You know, people were saying, so "You know, Alabama can beat the Browns." Look, it's a completely different level. Professional sports in college. I mean, 100% of the guys on Duke aren't going to make the NBA. Although 100% of the Cavs don't deserve to be in the NBA, but that's a, that's, you know, a story for another day. Yeah. But I think the line the Cavs would be uh, favored by 22 points, which ironically enough is the amount that they're losing to by the Kyrie-less Irving Boston Celtics this evening at the moment.
1: Well, I mean, think about it. It's the same thing in football, any professional sport. These guys were the best players on their college team. And Duke has a phenomenal program, no doubt about it. R.J. Barrett, Zion Williams, and they're both going to be high draft picks. All of those guys are going to be high draft picks. But the rest of the team is made up of guys who may never – I mean, they're probably not even going to sniff the NBA. So the Cavs, with as bad as their team is, they've still won nine games against NBA players this year. So to to say that a college team could ever beat a professional team – is ridiculous. They would blow them out of the water. Even the Browns, who went 0-16, would have beaten Alabama.
0: Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: And it wouldn't have even been close.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, getting back into the Cavs, though, I mean, <laughs> we're sitting at the worst record in the NBA. <laughs> On Martin Luther King Day, they had a nice little matinee at 1230 and lost to the second-worst team in the NBA, the Chicago Bulls. Mm. Oh, Andy, (laughs) can things get much worse for these guys?
1: You know, I'm okay with this though. I, I didn't have high expectations coming into the year. Keep tanking, keep losing games. You're not going anywhere anyway. Just get as many ping pong balls as you can for the draft this year.
0: Well, Andy, it's funny that you mentioned ping pong balls. So just, I'd like to bring all of our listeners up to speed on one thing. Obviously, the Cavs are the worst team in the NBA. They're putting up the worst defensive numbers since they actually started tracking defensive numbers 45 years ago. This season, Andy, has obviously been awful for Cleveland sports fans, for Cavs fans. This was a team that has been to the finals four years in a row. And now when LeBron left, competitive we're going to go for the playoffs we're going to keep Kevin Love for the long term obviously you and all the rest of Cleveland sports fans and me included are supporting the tank lose as many games get Zion Williamson or Cam Reddish or Jay Morant or Cam Reddish bowl bowl even though those are probably going to be the top five picks um, in the draft which we'll go over a mock draft in a little bit here we, want, we all want Zion Williamson. We don't want him to be our next LeBron-type savior. But the fact of the matter is, most of the drafts in the NBA don't feature a player like this. Zion Williamson is amazing, and we'll, I'd like to talk a little bit more about him in a second. But most teams who pick a, a transcendent player like that don't end up in the finals four years later like the Cavs did when they drafted LeBron. Many, many, many of the teams that draft in the top of the draft don't even make the playoffs four years later. I mean, the 76ers traded everything they had for years to get multiple draft picks, and some of those guys didn't even pan out. And granted, yes, the process has finally started to work for them, but it's taken such a long time and so many years of calves like losing currently. I mean, you look at Andy, look at the the Phoenix Suns. They picked in the top five in the draft for the last six years and Andy they're, they're headed back there
1: again yeah the NBA draft for the most part is a crap shoot it's not like the the NFL you know where you expect to get a solid contributor in the first round really no matter where you're picking you're you want to get a guy who's going to contribute right away Mike after the lottery it is it's a crap shoot second round picks in the NBA draft mean absolutely nothing right well, and really, there's, yeah, there's only, for the most part, there's been some exceptions yeah, sure. to the rule. Just like in the NFL, you know, you, you get the guys in the sixth or seventh round who become stars. exactly. But overall, I mean, you, you just don't see that in the NBA.
0: Well, here's, here's the bad news I have for Cavs fans. And I want all Cavs fans to take note of this when you say that, oh, another loss, another ping pong ball in the hopper. Because the NBA has changed the way that the lottery works starting this year it has decreased the odds of the three worst teams from getting the number one pick. So lottery balls, ping pong balls in the hopper don't mean shit anymore. If you finish with a top, the top, if you're one of the top three teams, you have an equal percentage chance of getting the number one pick. And it has been reduced to only 14%. So rebuilding in the NBA is very, very difficult and it's damn near impossible And tanking isn't the only thing that's going to get this Cavs team turned around. They're going to have to pick up free agents. They're going to have to scout. They're going to have to hit on all of their draft picks if they want to be good in the anywhere near future.
1: The lottery, I I hate, I think it's the stupidest thing. There's no reason to have a lottery where if you're like when the Bulls won the lottery to get Derrick Rose, I think they had less than a 1% chance to win. Right. And come on, just let, let, the worst team get the top pick. I know they do it to try and prevent tanking, but in the NBA, the way the NBA is designed, players flip flop teams so much, they leave smaller markets for bigger markets all the time. Su- the, players super ru- the players run the league to form their own super teams. If you want to tank in the NBA to try and get young players and go on a run for for five to seven years before these players decide they want to leave, you should be allowed to. The NBA needs to change the way their, their, their salary cap is where I, I don't get the salary cap at all. I mean, there, there is a, there's a cap, but you can go over the cap to keep your well, players you the or, luxury tax and you go over the you know,
0: cap, but you have to keep your there own. Needs to,
1: there needs to be some way to, to, to keep star players because.
0: Well, there, I mean, there, is. They're, they're all over there is, I mean, obviously the, the, the team that the star players come from, they can pay them more money than anybody else. The Cavs would could have been able to pay LeBron. More money that doesn't mean
1: anything, Mike. Uh, that doesn't mean just anything. Saying, money. I mean Look money at how many talks, players
0: but the fact of the matter is they don't they don't care.
1: They're making most of these players in the NBA though are are making more money through what they're doing with their brand or advertising or movies than they're making in the NBA. They're really good ones. So they don't really care about the con- contract as much. I mean, LeBron LeBron's gonna make more money in LA doing movies and commercials and more than he ever could have made in Cleveland
0: and all sorts of stuff. Well, there's no doubt about it. Yes, but he's there to set up his career after basketball. And what that is to him is becoming a global media mogul slash icon.
1: Yeah. LeBron, because that L.A. team, he, they suck. LeBron, LeBron, he had this planned. I mean, LeBron can say whatever he wants that he came back to try and win Cleveland a championship, and it was for Cleveland. And, uh, Mike, I think that's a bunch of bullshit, personally. LeBron bought that mansion in L.A. like the first or second year that he was back in Cleveland. And he, I think he cared more about trying to improve his image he's the most important person in his own world and he never had any interest staying in Cleveland. I mean, yeah, he, he came back because he saw an opportunity with a young talented core in a lot of draft picks where they, he could come back and work on building his own super team here. But do you really think even if the Cavs had kept Kyrie, do you think that he would stay in Cleveland this year? Cause I personally don't. Probably
0: not. Probably not. Yeah. But I mean, the, the Kyrie issue is a whole, a whole nother thing. What did you make of the uh, whole Kyrie apology?
1: Dude, Kyrie is a strange guy. I, I've, I used to love Kyrie and over the years, I mean, when he started talking about all this, I used to listen to that road tripping podcast that he would frequent on. Yeah, And he'd talk about all this weird self meditation and, he got into how you know, like the world was flat and like he just all this bizarre bizarre stuff. So I, I don't understand why it took Kyrie this long to why couldn't they have worked this out when they were in Cleveland? That was my first take was, you know, how hard is it for to get these two on the phone or just put them in a room together and let them talk out their issues? Immaturity. Obviously obviously Kyrie was very immature and just like all of these superstars, he's a diva. LeBron I think feels like why should he, Why should LeBron James have to go so down to love like Kyrie Irving? I'm hosting the big game this year, and I told everyone I have the world's. One. My bad. So, I think more than anything, I think I think Kyrie owes the city of Cleveland a little bit of an apology as well. I mean, he came out. The city of Cleveland did nothing but love him while he was here and support him. And as soon as he left, he, he made some comments about how, like, you know, oh, I'm finally in a real sports city now. I'm in Boston. I, you know, just, just some of the things he said were, were very unnecessary, and they were obviously directed towards not LeBron, but the franchise and the fans.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it really was a slap in the face to Cleveland, who had supported him through thick and thin for his entire six or seven years in Cleveland. And it's, it's pretty sad. I mean, now that Kyrie wants to be a leader of his own team, well, hell, he knew LeBron was leaving to go to L.A. anyway, most likely. He could have stayed here and led this team. But I'll tell you what, it, it probably directly relates back to how the organization of the Cavs is run. I mean, we had this debate last week, you know, off, off the pot, you know, where I think we tweeted out, you know, who was the best owner in Cleveland. And I, you, you voted Gilbert, correct? No. No, I voted you Jimmy Haslam. Voted Haslam. But I, I think I said, I think I, we dis, what we disagreed on was that I thought Gilbert was the worst owner in Cleveland, right? Is that what we disagreed on?
1: Well, I think, I think we disagreed that we agreed on one thing. I, I said that, you know, you, you came out and said you, you thought Gilbert was just a terrible owner, which is the opinion of many people in Cleveland. You're not alone on that opinion. I think Gilbert personally has made some horrible decisions. I think. Letting David Griffin go was a huge mistake. I mean, how could you let go of the guy who who helped build that championship team and showed that he's very good at making trades and you know bringing in young talent? That was a huge mistake. Obviously, he has a big ego. He lets that get in the way. But I I disagree with you when you say that that Gilbert is a terrible owner. Overall,
0: that's fair to say, but. The Cleveland sports fans have spoken, and Dan Gilbert was their lowest-rated owner of the three. The Dolans, I wonder.
1: I just wonder how it would have been had we taken that poll a year or two ago. Would it have flip-flopped? I mean, obviously, because obviously, the owners, the owners. If you're a winning franchise, you're going to be a good owner. That's just how it is. Robert Kraft was considered a crappy owner before the Patriots got um, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and started winning multiple Super Bowls. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, obviously a lot of it has to do with the pulse of what's actually going on right now. I mean, obviously the Browns are the most exciting team in town (laughs) right now, which, you know, a year ago, nobody would have said because we had the Cavs competing for an NBA championship. You know, we had the Indians fresh off of a uh, world series, not a world series, but a, a first round exit to the New York Yankees. You know, there was a lot of optimism, about the Indians as well. So, you know, a lot of things have obviously changed in a year's time in Cleveland. Um, But, Andy, how about we get into a mock draft for the NBA? What do you say?
1: Yeah, let's see. What do they got?
0: NBADraft.net has the Cavs. Number one, Zion Williamson.
1: No shocker there.
0: No shocker there. You know, obviously, I think he is the – hands down the best player coming out in the draft. Uh, his NBA comparison, Andy, Who, who does, does he remind you of anybody? Um, you know, his explosive dunking ability. Well, the way wingspan, he dunks is like
1: LeBron. He looks like LeBron when he dunks.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a very, very powerful dunker. Uh, a lot of comparisons that I've seen have actually compared him to a young Charles Barkley, Blake Griffin.
1: Okay. Would you take that? I'll take that over what we have right now.
0: Well, what do we have right now? We have uh, Jerome Blossom game or whatever the hell his name is starting at power forward. <laughs> so I think, uh, I think we can stand to upgrade a little, a little bit. The second pick, Chicago Bulls. Jay Morant. Now, this is a guy that is rising quickly. He uh, goes to Murray State. Expect him to make a lot of noise in the NCAA tournament. You heard it here first. I think he's a dynamic athlete. He's great at creating a shot, his shot for himself. He's a point guard. Mm-hmm. So, Andy, yeah, I'm going to come out and say it. I, I don't think Colin Sexton is good.
1: I think it's too early to tell. I think he's, he's 19 years old. Obviously, he's not a very good shooter that could that's something you can work on developing but he's playing for a crappy team i don't think he is a very good head coach i can't i can't say he's not very good yet he's only 19 it is, yes
0: i will agree with you the fact that it is too early to tell but i don't think that he he is has any idea really what's going on out there and you and i don't know if you remember hearing at the beginning of the year a lot of the veteran teammates supposedly anonymously came out and said well oh Colin Sexton has no business being in the NBA he's lost and he you know doesn't have the intelligence I think that was
1: also J.R. Smith who is about as intelligent as they come um who is upset that he wasn't playing so I I didn't really I took that with a grain of salt that J.R. was pissed about not getting in and you know J.R. Smith doesn't really whatever he says I kind of doesn't really hold a lot of weight with me.
0: Sexton has some athletic ability, but he really has not done much to impress me. And it sucks because the Cavs uh, could have had a much higher pick, you know, getting rid of Kyrie Irving. They really should have had a much higher pick, but obviously the Brooklyn Nets, who are uh, currently a playoff team in the Eastern Conference right now, uh, had other intentions. Uh, Third pick, R.J. Barrett out of Duke. Um, This is another guy who I – be completely fine with the Cavs getting. He's compared to a young Michael Red. If you remember, Michael Red was, you know, a twenty to twenty five point scorer throughout his entire career. Former Ohio Stater. Um, I'd be completely fine with getting RJ Barrett, six foot six, left handed wing. He's got good size for the position. Uh, he's high level of athleticism, quick first step. So he, he's another one to watch. Canadian guy.
1: Yeah, he's a good player. Good player, no doubt about it.
0: Fourth pick Guy I've never heard of Ru Hachimura out of Gonzaga, a forward six foot eight, two hundred thirty five. The fifth pick Keldon Johnson. Sixth Cam Reddish out of Duke. Bull Bull really has fallen. Right? He was a guy who was mentioned near the top of the draft. Obviously he's not having too good of a season at Oregon. But it seems like it's going to be a decent draft this year, and hopefully the Cavs can hit a home run. I mean, obviously, you remember the draft where Anthony Bennett was the number one pick in the draft, and a, a guy by the name of Giannis Antetokounmpo was in that
1: draft as well. 15th. 15th pick, I think. 15th overall, yeah. 14th or 15th, yeah. Cavs got some issues right now, for sure. I mean, trade deadline is coming up here February, maybe yeah, they're gonna dump
0: these seven. Contracts? Are they gonna dump
1: some of these, you know, contracts? Look at these contracts right now. So, let me read you off some of these, yeah, these contracts here. We got and these, these me. all go back. This goes back to another
0: uh, the reason G-0. why LeBron
1: pisses me off. LeBron would never commit long term, but he'd always have us sign his boys to these long-term deals. And, you know, if you want to keep LeBron happy, you got you to gotta do that. Right. And obviously, some of these guys were critical in our championship run. But Tristan Thompson in 2015 signed a four-year, $82 million deal that goes through 2020. J.R. Smith in October 2016 signed a four-year, $57 million deal that mm. goes through 2020.
0: I mean, they, that was for what LeBron. Are they, what are they going to do to get rid of him? I mean, obviously, he's not even playing.
1: They're they're just. I can't see why would anybody want to trade for Jr. Smith. I've heard that the the Spurs have some interest in Tristan. And Tristan, I think is a, he's a good player. He you know he's a double double and on the right system, right team, he can do well. Jr. is in his 30s. He's a a bum if things aren't going his way. I mean, look what happened in New York, and look he's what's pouty. happening now. He's pouty. He's pouty. I don't think we're going to get rid of JR. I don't know if we're either going to have to buy him out or find some way to take on another big contract, which we don't want. We're trying to get rid of money.
0: I mean, Andy, JR is sitting on his ass earning $14 million a year.
1: He's sitting there, sitting down just like me and you, watching the Cavs and getting paid $15 million a year. I doubt he's even watching the Cavs. So I think Tristan may be a movable piece. The Kevin Love contract was terrible. That was a terrible contract. I know, that, like you said, they were trying to be competitive. They thought that they could be competitive and compete for like the eighth seed of the playoffs, which in my opinion, why would you ever want to c- compete for the eighth seed of the playoffs and just be stuck in-
0: NBA purgatory.
1: Mediocrity in NBA t- purgatory. So he signed a four-year, $120 million deal that doesn't end till 2023. Mike, do you know how many games Kevin has played this year after signing that deal? Uh, what was it, been like six? Four. Then he had surgery on his left toe back in November. I mean, Kev- shows Kevin no Love signs has never up.
0: shown the ability since he's been in Cleveland to consistently be on the court and suited up for all 82 games, plus playoffs.
1: No, I mean, the guy that's missed why... so
0: many games. And, and when he – I mean, look, yes, Kevin Love is a, is a decent player, but he's not a top 30 guy in the NBA. No way. No.
1: And he's, he's 30 years old. He is, hes in injury history, like you've said. What would make you want to commit to Kevin Love long term? So, if we trade Kevin Love, it's going to be an absolute miracle. And
0: well, who—who's a good fit for him? Because I saw that uh, Portland may have some the, interest. I, I
1: think that the Pelicans—that would be a good fit. I heard the Pelicans are interested. I think they're getting kind of desperate to to get somebody to play with Anthony Davis. Yeah, because he's probably going to be gone when he becomes a free agent. You think
0: he goes? Do you think he's interested in signing with LA? I heard he's rep. He had a meeting with LeBron. Recently repped by Rich Paul, LeBron's agent. Yeah, I could see it.
1: They have a lot of money, and they have a lot of good young players. So
0: that would be one would potentially be one star that wants to play with LeBron because it seems like a lot of these uh, young stars don't want to play with him.
1: No, it doesn't seem like a lot of the young guys really like LeBron. Not sure why. I mean, I guess a lot of the young guys didn't like Kobe when he was the older guy, too. I don't know if it's just that maybe it, it They either want to
0: make their own way.
1: They want to make their own way. They want to be the guy, like Kyrie did. They want to be LeBron. But I think the thing that people have to be realistic about, Mike, and people are talking about, well, let, yeah, let's, let, let's trade these guys. Let's get some more draft picks. Let's build. The thing is, like, this, like you said, the teams that you brought up, you know, the Pelicans, the Portland Trailblazers— if you get a draft pick from these teams, they're going to be trading for one of these players because they think they can try and compete. So you're going to get a low pick or you're just going to get young players. You, you can't expect to get another lottery pick from these guys. So you'd really just be doing it to clear cap space in hopes to sign a big name free agent. <laughs> You know, what, which what, is never going to happen unless you what big name, put,
0: some, what, put some talented players what here. big name free agent is going to come to Cleveland next year? Um, uh, I don't know. Alec Burks?
1: It's not like going to happen with the way the roster is currently constructed.
0: I also saw but the Utah. You need to
1: have, have, you need to have some flexibility in your cap. And right now we have none. We, we cannot make any moves because of our cap right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, going through the Cavs roster, you know, who, who are some guys you would even keep?
1: Let's read that. Go over the roster here. We'll, we'll talk
0: Kevin Love. about that.
1: If we can trade Kevin Love, get him out of here. Tristan Thompson. Trade him. J.R. Smith. Trade him. Jordan Clarkson. I think I'd keep Jordan Clarkson. I think he's a nice piece. He's had a pretty good year.
0: Six. Alec Burks.
1: I wouldn't care if they traded Alec Burks.
0: John Henson. Hasn't seen the court since he came over from Milwaukee.
1: Yeah, I probably would. We'll see what we. I could care less. We'll see. I I haven't seen him play yet. Delhi. I love Delhi, so I'm just gonna say keep him. Even though I think he's still making like what ten million a year. Nine point six. Nine point six.
0: Sexton, obviously, keep him. He's young. Yeah. Rodney Hood, another guy that has been mentioned in trade talks. He's has an expiring contract at the end of the season. Yeah.
1: If you can get something of value for Rodney Hood, I'd be open to trading him. I
0: mean, what's he doing sitting in Cleveland? Nothing. Not much. I mean, honestly, ever since Rodney Hood came over from Utah, I mean, I was excited when the Cavs got Rodney Hood. I was like, wow, Rodney Hood's a 16-point-per-game score.
1: Yeah, I was surprised I we mean, got this, him, this honestly.
0: guy can spread the court. I mean, he's got a good left-handed jumper. He can create his own shot at times. I mean, he's
1: been horrible. He's been terrible. He had that one good game. In the finals. That, where, where everybody, too. Remember that first game where they all played against Boston? Yeah. And we hit, like, like 16 three-pointers or something. And we were like, wow, this is crazy. You know, we're, we're a brand-new team. We're going to win the finals. And
0: yeah, that was basically right.
1: it. He, he disappeared in the playoffs. He was horrendous in the playoffs.
0: I mean, he's virtually disappeared all season, too. I mean, you would think this yeah. is his time to score 20 points a game.
1: Yeah, you would think. But apparently not.
0: Jetty Osman.
1: I would hold. I'll hold on to Jetty unless the I, I mean, it depends what we could get for him, but I think he's a, he's a nice piece.
0: Jetty's a bench player on a good team. Larry Nance Jr., the guy who the Cavs appear to be building their franchise around because they signed him to an extension. <laughs> He'll be getting a $10 million raise next year.
1: Yeah, they I think they gave him a little too much money. I think he's a nice piece. None of these guys are, are cornerstones. Let's face it. All these guys right now are just are would be pieces on a good team. Yeah, that's it.
0: Ante Zizic, we have him for several more years.
1: What has he really done? I mean, I don't know.
0: I haven't watched a ton. He doesn't play very much, but when he plays, he seems to be productive. I don't think he's very. He's
1: seven feet. He's a big guy.
0: He's got a good interior offensive game, but I think that's all he's got. But I mean, the
1: other night he put up twenty three points. So let him develop. He's a young guy. Maybe, I don't think he's ever going to be a star by any means in the league. But
0: so the Cavs' total salary cap is 120 million this year.
1: Damn. Most of that's probably coming from K Love, Jr. Tristan.
0: And next year, it only goes down a million to 118.
1: Yeah. To yeah, we got we got to wait because Tristan and Jr. Don't come off the books till the end of next year. Right. Exactly. And then Kevin Love is another three years mm. after that. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh boy,
0: Clarkson only has one more year after this year on his deal in 2019, 2020. So, I don't know, man. Same thing with Delly and Henson, both making 10 mil.
1: Yeah, it's too much.
0: Yeah, they are uh, they are in some trouble for sure. I mean, I do not expect this team to be good in the next four to five years, and uh, we'll see. Unless they Hit home runs with all of their draft picks, which, I mean, you look at the, their track record of drafting, not having a solid general manager like David Griffin anymore. Yeah. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a really really rough go of it for the next few years. Well, Andy, um, that's about all we have on time. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter, Rally RallyPossumPod. Um, tweet us your wants for the Browns in free agency and the draft. Ask us any questions that you'd like uh, about any of the Cleveland sports team. Obviously, we didn't have time to get into the Indians tonight, but we hope to do so in a future episode. Uh, Andy, you got anything else?
1: Nothing else. Good night, everybody. Stay warm.
0: All right. We are out.